The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, June the 6th, currently 12.58 on the East Coast. Here to get into our betting picks for NBA Finals Game 3 between the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. Series currently tied 1-1 to as we shift Game 3 and 4 to South Beach. But joining me, help me to break it down. You guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast. And on the MLB and here, of course, on the NBA, it's Scott Studio Rachel. Scott, what's going on, my man? No, nothing much. Looking forward to game three. Should be fun. Uh, besides that, I know we briefly, I can't even say ble- briefly, we talked about the game yesterday a little bit, so there might be some overlap. But for the most part, should be a lot of fun. And, of course, you know, unfortunately, I am not sweating out any tennis action right now, so this <laughs> has my full attention. There we go. And also joining us here, you guys know him as the voice on the MLB Gambling Podcast and here on the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's Playoff Lante. Lante, what's going on, brother? I hey mean, not much. Just uh, ready to get into the game. Um, a lot of small adjustments that I think teams can make. But overall, man, I thought we were uh, thought we were privileged to a, a decent ending. Um, looked good. I mean, it looked good for Denver early on, but uh, good game. So hopefully we can have uh, four or five more of these. Yeah, we saw uh, Miami uh, steal game two in Denver. They even up the series one game apiece. Um, we could quickly recap and talk about some adjustments before we get into game three of the NBA Finals for Wednesday. But, Lante, you mentioned you expect both teams to make some type of adjustments here headed into game three. If you have any takeaways from game two, uh, if you want to go and uh, uh, discuss that, and then what uh, adjustments are you expecting from both Denver and Miami? Well, I'm expecting a little bit more Bruce Brown. Uh, in this matchup, not because of the one game that Michael Porter had, but because he gives them a lot of versatility on the wing as far as being able to handle the ball and um, defensive-wise handle Struess and um, Vincent on those back screens. And some of the stuff that Miami was doing was confusing as far as switching and getting those guys wide open looks. So I think Bruce Brown is a little bit more attention to detail than Michael Porter Jr. Uh, doesn't take a rocket science to figure out that. Um, so I would expect not Michael Porter Jr. to see a like a humongous dip in minutes, but only in certain pockets. I think uh, Bruce Brown will be more effective. I mean, as for Miami, I mean, they just got to keep bombs away from three. They they keep shooting like they are. Uh, it's, they're going to be a hard team to beat. Um, I mean, I would expect Jimmy Butler to play a little bit better. Uh, he was pretty much non-existent for like three and a third quarters. Um, so he got bailed out by teammates. Um yeah, and I expect some more of the the inside. They Denver went away from Aaron Gordon on the inside. I know Kevin Love was inserted into the lineup, but still, uh, not a big size. Not a big size advantage uh, for Kevin Love on Aaron Gordon. I thought they went away from some of the things that they did well in Game One. Um, other than that, man, I think we're just in for a, a good game. I think both teams will come out ready to go. Uh, we see Mike Malone, uh, no firing up his team. Him and Jerry also uh, commenting on that effort and intensity. Never want to hear mm. that. Uh, if you're a player coming from a coach, veteran player. So, yeah, man, looking forward to it. I think both teams, like I said, can make a, a few small tweaks and we'll be in to see who can adjust in-game uh, better than the other. Scott, we briefly touched on some of the adjustments on the mothership last night with Sean and uh, Kramer. But uh, anything else um, as far as adjustments goes? I know we discussed that, but um, any other takeaways from game two for the people? I think the takeaway for Denver was simple. They have to do a better job guarding the three-point line. Uh, it seemed like in game one and game two, all of the actions Miami were running were causing some confusion for Denver. I know Miami shot insanely well from three, but you rewatch some of the shots they got from three. There wasn't even a guy in the picture on a couple of these. So, like Miami got a bunch of great looks the entire night. Same thing happened in game one, just Miami bricked a bunch of shots. So the main adjustment for me has to be just Denver improving their coverage on the three-point line. Now, does that involve potentially using more Brown or Bruce Brown or, or uh, Christian Brown as opposed to Porter Jr. and maybe KCP? Maybe. I mean, we're going to see what happens in game three. I don't think Malone's going to totally abandon his guys. But we also saw uh, Brown 
Christian Brown will lose track of somebody on the three-point line in the second half, and then he got benched for it, and he didn't play again. So I'm not exactly saying that Christian Brown is the answer to their problems, but the main thing that I've noticed in the first two games, Denver's three-point coverage has been very, very underwhelming, and I do think that's the one thing that needs adjusting because Denver missed some shots. It happens. You know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Referees definitely weren't exactly – giving Denver any favorable calls in game two. I thought the refs were pretty atrocious, to be honest, but Miami benefited from it. It is what it is. But I do think the main adjustment that Denver is going to have to make, Malone questioned effort. Effort, I mean, I guess that's one way to describe it. I just think they needed to do a better job of actually staying with their guys on defense. And I think that's the main adjustment they're going to make. They have to improve the three-point coverage, especially against this team. Yeah, even in game one, um, Miami got the looks. They just, like you mentioned, they weren't Struce able to went lock them down. went 0 for 9. Like, yeah. you rewatch it, Struce was open on most of yeah. those three-pointers. And then game two, he came out, you know, he hit, I think, four in the first quarter. I think that was, I don't want to say the difference, but kind of got Miami off to a great start in that game. Um, so we'll see how the adjustments are made by Mike Malone. Uh, really trying to close out on these three-point shooters. Well, what would you do? Do you have another adjustment you'd make? I, I do agree with Bruce Brown playing more once sure. again because Michael Porter Jr., when he's not making yeah. shots, he's useless offensively because yeah. he just stands in the corner and does nothing. But mm-hmm. I am wondering what your thoughts are for any other adjustments besides please stay with these good shooters that Miami has. That's kind of what I'm expecting the main adjustment to be. Yeah, I don't think there's many more adjustments that can be made. At, I mean, I know it's only game three and it's tied one-to-one, but we know – what kind of the keys are what are the keys that to success for both these teams winning games and eventually winning the title, right? So for Miami, I think they're still gonna get up the shots, but Mike Malone has to cook up or get more athletic guys or more guys out there um that can close out on some of these shooters and take away those um the open looks that especially Max Schuess has been able to get over the first two games. So and that's really been the difference, right? We talked about it with Miami. Uh Max Schuess were wasn't able to knock it down in game one. He was 0 of nine, came back in game two hit, I think, first three out of four shots um, from beyond the arc for the Miami, or I think it was four that he had in the first quarter. But we talk about Jimmy Butler as well. Like, we're all expecting him to be the Jimmy Butler that he was in the Milwaukee series. I don't want to say thus far they haven't needed him, um, but other guys, especially going back to the Boston series, like you had guys like Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent and uh, some of the role players stepping up. But I think when it matters the most, I think Jimmy does, you know, flip the switch. We've seen that in fourth quarters down the stretch where he's been atrocious, like Alante was alluding to with three and a third quarter or three and a half quarters where he just kind of flips the switch and gets to the basket and starts, you know, attacking the basket and gets to the free throw line. But uh, also we'll, we'll talk about the Tyler Hero adjustment as well. I did see a note right before we started that he was a full participant in shoot around. So I do expect him to play on Wednesday for the Miami Heat. But um yeah, we'll see what type of adjustments that Mike Malone makes. Obviously, number one is closing out on the three-point shooters. Um, for Denver, I've said this last night, and I said this at the beginning of the series, that they need to play with more pace. They got down at the end of the game, too, uh, um, at the end of the first quarter in game two, and you saw in uh, the second quarter of game two that they came out with Jamal Murray. I don't think Jokic was on the floor at that point, but it was Christian Braun, Jamal Murray, KCP, I think it was Aaron Gordon and then um, I think Michael Porter Jr., if I'm not mistaken. But they came out and they started playing with a more pace and they took, I want to say, a double-digit lead almost in that second quarter. So uh, we'll talk about more of the second quarter. I just have, I do have more notes on that. We'll talk about that when we talk about the game three uh, betting picks here. But, yeah, I think we pretty much nailed it as far as adjustments and things like that for uh, from game one and game two to carry over to game three. Um, before we handicap game three here, guys, let me tell everyone about the newest sponsor on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That is going to be Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to 2,500 in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankrolls for months. Double down on, fa- on your favorite bet you like or even use to create an awesome middle or even hedge opportunity. Edgeboost isn't some sleazy loan shark. No, they charge 0% interest. Do you know of a way you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest? No more haggling your grandparents or uncle, aunt, cousin, brother, sister, mom, or dad. Edgeboost is here for that. Again, like I mentioned, you can be a responsible gambling plan as you can set up a daily, a weekly, or a monthly limit across all your betting accounts in one place. So 
support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. must be 21 years or older to use problem gambling. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, guys, game, <clears throat> excuse me, game three tips off on Wednesday night in uh, Miami. And currently the line sitting are the Denver Nuggets are a road favorite here, minus two and a half. Total is sitting at 214. Currently on the money line, I am seeing the Denver Nuggets are minus 140. And the Miami Heat are plus 120. Um, Delonte, why don't you lose off with your game three picks? Let's start here with the spread. Who do you like in this game? Yeah, I'm going to go with Denver. Um, I think the physicality and intensity will pick up on their end. Simply simply put, I mean, being called out is it's not fun for players, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, they don't want to hear about it or get questioned for the effort and intensity or lack of trust in the game plan, as Michael Malone said. So, I mean, I strictly think he was talking about, you know, two or three players, specifically Michael Porter Jr., uh, KCP, and maybe a few others like Christian Braun or whatever. He's younger. But, I mean, I thought Denver played well enough offensively. It's just defensively, like Scott was mentioning, they just left those shoes a lot more open than than game one and were really, really open in game one. So I think adjustment wise, I got to run them off the three point line. They did a good job of that after um, that initial run in the first quarter by Miami, which true sitting those threes. They got comfortable. They settled in. And I think they just got to play very defensively. Um, the zone isn't working to as much as people think. I mean, scoring at, at will on the zone, uh, getting great looks. The thing that troubles me with Denver is. When I first throughout throughout the playoffs, they've been doing well as far as being resilient and answering when the other team answers. But they didn't do that in game two. And Miami has seven wins with trailing by twelve plus this postseason. So going into this, they should know that they got to put them away. They're not going to go away easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, KCP with the crazy fouls. I mean, he had six fouls leading the 14 free throw attempts where Miami made 13. I mean, that's just uncalled for. A couple of those threes were uh, a couple of those fouls on threes. So I think all in all, Denver is is the side here. I think they'll be ready to go. Um, they performed pretty well on the road. I mean, closed out Phoenix on the road, closed out uh, LA on the road. So they're not prone to being good on the road. So I think here, uh, both teams defensively be locked in. I think it would be a low scoring tight game. And uh, some of those role players play better for um, Denver, like KCP, Michael Porter Jr. And the bench played a big part in both in both teams. Uh, early on, we saw Jeff Green, Bruce Brown, Christian Braun. We saw them get the energy going, and they were leading twenty to five bench points um, in the first half. But then we saw a flip and saw Miami. Uh, Dom- Miami's bench dominated the second half, which was with Lowry. Um, Duncan Robinson had that stretch in the, in the fourth quarter where he scored, I think, seven or eight straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, I mean, Caleb Martin didn't play well. Uh, I don't know how much that has to do with his illness or whatever, but he did hit a big, big shot whenever Denver had momentum going. He hit a big three, I think, to put it back at nine. I think it was down to six. So, yeah, man, I think both of those uh, both of those bench pieces are huge in game three. You know, obviously, Tyler Hero coming back. I'm not sure how effective he'll be. Uh, I was reading some stuff also about him still experiencing like soreness and like uh, discomfort as far as when he shoots. Not on the follow through is what he said um, in an interview with uh, with Rose of ESPN. So I'm not sure how effective he'll be, but I mean, you got to wonder like if he's in the game, uh, who's he taking away minutes from? You don't want to take away continuity and, you know, minutes from certain players like Struz, Vincent, you know, even Martin, although he's been He's not playing bad. Uh, he's not playing good the first few games. I mean, he still has been a big contributor to the team's success uh, in the postseason. So I don't know if you want to mess with that. Uh, but, yeah, I'll be interested to see what they do with Hero. Uh, but I like the Nuggets to, to win here pretty comfortably by seven or eight points on the road. Uh, Scott, side? Yeah, I uh, leaned to Denver last night. I'm going to stay with it. Uh, simply put, I know Miami was up double digits, and then Denver made it a very, very competitive game at the end. But it really felt like everything went right for Miami in game two. The fact that they shot about 48% from three, the fact that Porter Jr. and KCP were basically double agents the entire game. I don't know what they were doing for Denver the entire game. Uh, Joker still went for 40. Murray didn't have a great shooting night. Now, I will give credit to Jimmy Butler because even though the scoring hasn't been there fully in the series, he's been good at facilitating and he's been good defensively because he was guarding uh, Jamal Murray for portions of game two. And I thought he did a good job. 
I still feel like Butler's injured and just nobody's talking about it just based mm. on the lack of explosiveness that we've seen so far in these first two games. And the quote that Butler had where they asked him about the injury and he said, nobody cares. You know, they're in the NBA finals. Nobody cares. But that doesn't mean he denied being injured. Like he's clearly hurt. You can tell by how he's moving around out there. He's yeah. not moving at full speed. And even the shots that he made in game two at the end, they were all jump shots. He's really not getting to the rim with MGs anymore. So I do yeah. think that when you're looking at Miami and what they're going to be doing moving forward, it does seem like Miami's main way of winning, I don't want to say only way of winning, but the main way is to get insanely hot from three. And they've been doing it several times throughout the postseason. So I am aware that they've done it before. But expecting a team to shoot north of 45% from three in order to win a basketball game is a little bit too much to ask for for me. I thought Denver still got good looks. Once again, Joker at 40. Like, I mm -hmm. thought he was going to have a huge game. I just feel like Denver is still the better team, but I do think at the end of the day, Miami will keep it close. But unless Miami, once again, shoots insanely well from three, Hero might come back. I'm not sure how he's going to look in game three. So that's another variable you got to keep in mind. And not to mention the rotations that they're going to have to now change because Hero's going to be back in the lineup. I'm going to take Denver. I'm going to hope that Murray or Porter, really any of these guys, bounce back. But Joker is still easily the most unguardable player in this entire series, and it's not even close. So if Joker is going to walk into a massive stat line, basically guaranteed, and Miami's going to have to get their offense piecemeal because Butler's banged up, I'm going to go with Denver. Yeah, I'm going to go with Miami in this game. Um <clears throat> This line at two and a half, I think that, you know, people talk about the zigzag theory and I get it right. That uh, my, or sorry, Denver won game one, Miami came back and got game two. You'll see the adjustments like we talked about made by Denver, whether it's effort or doing better on the three point line. I'm just a huge believer in Eric Spolstra, man. Like he, he's just so good at making those adjustments, whether it's pregame, whether it's in game, whether it's halftime adjustments, and let's not forget that this Miami team doesn't roll over when they get down double digits. They've been down, what, 10, 15 points in the first two games, and they've they've came back and battled. They just don't roll over. And this is without Jimmy Butler being even close to 100% right now. Um, I think the role players have been a little bit better than the Denver Nuggets role players have been right now. Um, Gabe Vincent came out and played well in game two. We talked about Max Strews playing well in game uh, two as well. And I've always said that the role players seem to elevate their play at home. Um, and I think that, you know, we'll see Gabe Vincent continue to play well. Hopefully Max Strews is able to continue shooting well for the Miami Heat. The interesting part is the conversation of... Um, Tyler Hero, right? I think that's a conversation that we can have right now is that what do we exactly expect? I know, Lante, you know, you talked about some of the reports that you did read from mm -hmm. ESPN that he still experienced some soreness. But what are we thinking? Maybe he plays, what, 15, 20 minutes in his first game back in over a month here, Lante? Yeah, I would think so. Um, he's lined at like 10 points. So, I mean, that's I guess that would be assuming that he's going to play at least like in, in between that 15 and 20 minute range. Yeah. I mean, you can't get anything from Eric Spolstra. I think he's like frustrated with reporters every time they ask him a Tyler Hero or Nicole Jokic question. Um, and he's he said uh, before game two that Hero was kind of a ways away. And for him to be a ways away from the coach who is – basically the last line of defense, if he's going to play or not, I would assume. Um, and now, I mean, what, four days later, thinking he's going to, you know, be a big factor or a big contributor? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he does give them, uh, you know, ability to stretch the floor even more. But then again, he takes away on the defensive end because he's going to get hunted every time. Yeah. Every time he's on the floor, they're going to put him in pin roll. Um, and he can't hide on uh, – he really can't hide on anybody uh, on Denver. I'm interested to see how how effective he is. And then again, like I was mentioning, I mean, if he's getting 15 to 20 minutes, then, you know, Struess, Vincent, uh, even Duncan Robinson, uh, Lowry, those guys are going to have to play less. Somebody's going to have to take a hit. You know, mm -hmm. Is it going to be Caleb Martin? It might be addition by traction with him being sick and uh, not being able to play as well. I mean, we don't know. But my thing is, he would add another dimension to the pick and roll floor spacer and all that. But if he's having discomfort shooting, you know, in shoot arounds, I mean, when somebody, you know, slaps the wrist or, you know, he falls or he can't grab a rebound, you know, it's just all sorts of factors that I'm not sure how to factor in quite yet. It's kind of, I got to wait and see, but I mean, 
he will help them at the end of the day on the offensive end. I mean, no matter what, whether he's a decoy or not, just him being on the floor, being able to be a floor spacer and dribble hand off that he has a real good report, ma'am. Um, but overall, I mean, I'm just kind of different about how to feel about it, especially with the reports. I mean, you you think he can go from his coach actually saying he's a ways away uh, after game one to now, okay, I'm good to go in game three. I just don't, I don't see the parallel in that. Yeah, I think that they came out or, you know, the reports came out from Woj and Chumps that he was going to be returning for game three. And maybe some smoke and mirrors coming from Eric Spolstra. I mean, you know, you're trying to play chess versus checkers when you get to this point of the season and this point of the uh, playoff run. But yeah, that's fair. you kind of take a look at some of the minutes allocation from game two, right? Kevin Love, 22 minutes. Uh, Gabe Benson, 32 minutes. Max Strews, 29 minutes. Duncan Robinson, 17. Kyle Lowry, 24. So I think a combination of like maybe five minutes each from those guys, like you take four minutes away from Kyle Lowry, Caleb Martin, if he's still not feeling well, you know, some minutes come away from him. Um, Max Struess, he was he finished the game four of ten, so he didn't score or he didn't make another basket after that first quarter for the Miami Heat. He just had two more free throws at the end of the day, so um, he got off to a hot sub or nothing after that for the Miami Heat. So I think that you know Spolster will figure it out on where the minutes allocation. Maybe you know Jimmy Butler take some minutes away from him. Maybe you know, three to five minutes or maybe three minutes away from him and give him some more rest on the bench. So we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm curious to see how Tyler Hero does look. I think he does give him another dimension to score the basketball, but I think that how much rust is he going to have uh, for the Miami Heat coming back, uh, what it looks like in game three here. Uh, Scott, thoughts on Tyler Hero here? Yeah, for me, I think he's probably going to take Martin's minutes if I had to guess on who's yeah. going to be the odd man out. It's tough to bench anybody else at this point. Duncan Robinson was maybe in line to get benched before the start of the fourth quarter when he dropped 10 points and he basically, I don't want to say saved Miami, but he set the tone in the fourth quarter. Lowry's been pretty good in the series for his mm-hmm. limited role. Kevin will have a double-digit rebounds, but even for size purposes, Hero's not going to take his minutes. Vincent's been incredible. Yeah, you're running out of bodies. Like I, I just think that probably Highsmith and Martin will get their minutes reduced Highsmith probably won't play, if I had to guess. But just yeah. assuming where Hero's going to get his minutes, it would be somewhere in that combination between Highsmith and Martin, especially since Martin is ill or yeah. quote unquote ill because he hasn't really had a good series. So we'll, I'm not once again, I'm not speculating he's not actually sick, but I am curious, you know, how sick he actually is. The point is, it does seem like Miami's going to have to give Hero minutes because of how good he is and how much upside he has. But once again, the role, the uh, role players have been good in the series. So yeah. it's not like you have a lot of easy options on who to remove. I think it's probably Martin and Highsmith. I'll be on under Martin props because once again, if Hero's going to play 15, 20 minutes, he's going to replace somebody. And mm-hmm. I, don't think he, I don't think he can replace anybody else because I mentioned the guys a second ago. Everyone else has been good for Miami in the series. Even Struess has been good after a bad game one. Yeah. And you got to play love. Because he can help with Aaron Gordon and yeah. stop those seals and the post and he can shoot. Him, so. yeah. That too. That too. Yeah. Game. Else, like, who else is going to lose minutes? I'm assuming you agree it's probably Martin. Yeah, I think it's some combination. Yeah. So Highsmith played six minutes, and then Martin played 21 minutes, and I think some some minutes come off of Max True. So those two, those three players combined, six minutes, 21 minutes for uh, Martin, and then 29 for Max True. So um, if you take some, like, let's say you take four minutes away from Struess, Highsmith doesn't play. That's 10 minutes right there. And then can you, Cody really, can you really reduce Struess's minutes, though, after what happened in game two? I know in theory you can, but I, I'm not sure if you can actually get him off the floor. I mean, it was only really the first quarter where he shined. And after that, he just didn't really Pretty much, do anything. But still, yeah. You know, yeah I, I like yeah. Struess defensively, too. He, he's, yeah. he's solid defensively. So maybe, you know, he goes down to 25 minutes instead of 29 or 27 minutes. But we'll see, man. We'll, we'll, I think we'll, we'll talk about it more uh, after game three um, in the recap show and see whose minutes went down. But I, I agree that Kevin Love will probably remain in that starting lineup because he does give him that body to um, defend 
Aaron Gordon, but also give him that, like Scott mentioned, that he can shoot the basketball and obviously rebound the basketball and draw those charges as well. We've seen that so many different times from Kevin Love, uh, not only this postseason, but all throughout his career. Uh, All right, before we get over to the total and then some player props, guys, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes, plus plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL, and MLB with their player prop parlays. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com using promo code SGPN. All right, guys, the total is currently sitting at 214. Uh, this number has been bed down. I believe it opened up at 215 and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Now sitting at 214. Uh, Scott, thoughts on the total here? Yeah, initially I leaned to the over. Uh, I just figured that Denver would play with more pace. I still thought Denver got good looks offensively. Joker might might go for 40 again. We'll see what happens there. Miami, on one hand, I think Denver will, will do a better job guarding the three-point line. But on the other hand, I do acknowledge that Denver offensively can play better if they take care take better care of the basketball. And Miami, I do think at the end of the day, found something against Denver's coverage, where even though I'm hoping Denver makes some adjustments to cover the guys, doesn't mean they actually will. So I think I'm going to lean to the over. I really don't feel great about the total, but it's mostly expecting Denver to continue playing well, going faster, and you're going to see as a result more possessions in this game. I'm going to lean to the over. I think I feel better about the side, but this total does feel a little bit low to me. I'm going to, I kind of want to wait to see who the refs are uh, before I actually place any money on the over. And it wasn't like game two where you just expected a correction with the refereeing and you'd end up getting an automatic over, but I'm going to lean over. I don't feel great about it though. Uh, Stellante thoughts on the total at 214. I like the under. I grabbed some 215 uh, on the open. I missed the 215 and a half, but I still like it under 214. Uh, in the in game two, it started off uh, with a good pace, so it was looking good for the over, and then it kind of died down um, late second, early third quarter. I mean, Miami was doing no scoring. I think Denver went on. They flipped it from down, what, 11 to 15, if I'm not mistaken, in between mm-hmm. uh, that first quarter and, and second quarter. Yeah, but those, so, were all, those were all Cody Zeller minutes, so they don't count. You know, yeah, well, that's fair. Yeah, so I'm not. He, we know whose minutes uh won't get uh won't get adjusted, and that's Cody Zeller. He'll he'll be on the sideline, coach. Oh, they will get adjusted because he's going to play zero in game three. Yeah, so, but. so yeah, I think um, I mean, even at the end of the game, it took Miami scoring. We're having one of the best quarters in in the NBA. They scored 36 points on 20 possessions. And well, that they was should the be in like six, 68 percent in the yeah, fourth. Started off seven of seven. Yeah, started off seven of seven. Um, so that was one of, that's like a historic quarter for um, the NBA this season. Uh, even at that, I mean, like you said, I think Denver is going to be clamped down defensively. I don't think they're going to get as many open looks. I know people are enamored with the open looks that Miami gets, but even on contested shots, they're shooting like sub 45% from, from three on contested shots. So, I mean, I think that comes to an end. Uh, two things that I – I want to see uh, Denver do better. A better job is uh, Miami running two things. They're running that double stack uh, pick and roll where they're taking where they're taking the two men and going to Michael Porter because he's in the corner, like kind of hiding a little bit. So taking him and putting him in action, and that's where they're getting confused, which is why Struce got off to a good start. So I want to defend that a little bit better. Um, also, I want to see them like. If you notice another set that they run is they have Jimmy Butler and whoever's the best shooter on the floor. So I guess Max Struess or Vincent at the time, they'll empty out the right or left side and just operate from there. If you mean uh, Vincent give the look, like he was wide open on that pick and roll with um I think that's what you were talking about, Scott, with uh with Braun where he got lost. Cause they didn't know what to do. They don't know if they should yeah. bench G to get the ball out of his hand or if they should sag off. They can't sag off because I mean Jimmy's been shooting ball well. But I say that I say that to say I think Denver would be adjusted to those two actions. I think both of those actions caused a lot of a lot of confusion and a lot of wild looks um, for Miami. So I think both teams come in. I uh, think it'll be more so of a low 100s game. So give me the under. And uh, I mean, just because Denver, you know, the game doesn't have to go over for both offenses to look good. Um, yeah. In my estimation, I think it could still you could still get a nice dose of good offense and it's still going under so i can see like 105 99 105 102 something like that yeah um i agree with you i think um this game will definitely go under uh or hope i go under can see definitely will go under but i'm betting the under um 
and there's a lot of reasons that you know we talked about or I talked about as you know as a series kind of progresses from game one to game two to game threes, despite having bad shooting nights like Miami did, that kind of did push the total over in game two. Um, it was like pulling teeth getting that over, man. And I had I had a significant amount of money on that over um in game two, but there's stretches where Miami just has these like droughts of scoring the basketball, right? We saw it in game two where they got off to a great start shooting the basketball. And there was an, as a point from, I want to say it was either three to five minutes that they had only scored about three to five points within that span. And as soon as that, just when Jimmy Butler does go to the bench, but um, I think we'll see. <clears throat> and again, if Denver doesn't get back to playing with more pace, um, this day, this game will probably stay under the total because we've seen time and time again, not only during the regular season, but in the playoffs when when Denver is playing with pace, I think that's when they are at their best offensively. Um, so for me, I do like the under two fourteen. Agree with what you did say, Lante, that uh, we probably see something in the realm of one hundred five to one hundred two, something in that neighborhood where this total does go um, under the number of two fourteen right now. Um, let's get over to some player props in this game here. Scott, why don't you lead us off with player props for game three? Yeah, so my favorite prop from the show last night was actually Butler over an assist at about six and a half. I thought about potentially taking the 10 plus. I mentioned that parlay at the end, but Butler, I think, is injured. Just simply put, you can tell the explosiveness is not there. And he's having to either settle for a bunch of jump shots or get his teammates involved. But Miami in the first two games has been so reliant on role players hitting three-pointers, I don't see them changing their game plan. Now, Bam's been very good at going to the rim, and he's finished quite well. But for the most part, Butler's been a facilitator in the first two games. And you can make an argument that, you know, Butler is maybe pacing himself for a massive scoring game, which is what most people want you to think. Yeah, I just think he's injured. As simple yeah. as that sounds, I feel like you can definitely tell he's either pacing himself offensively in individual games and taking more shots in the fourth quarter like he did in game two, or you can just tell that he can't really create many much separation. He's barely going to the free throw line, which is a big source of his points. So I like the assists for Butler because he has been more of a facilitator in the series, and I'm also going to lean to the under on Butler points at 25 and a half. But once again, if he's barely getting to the free throw line, then why would I assume he's going over? Because people can expect him to flip a switch. I disagree with that. I just think he's hurt. I feel like people are expecting Butler to channel something that we saw earlier in the playoffs. When was the last time Butler had a massive game? Game two against Boston? I'm going to say game seven, he had 28 he had 28, Boston. a lot of it was fourth quarter backdoor cut garbage time stuff. Yeah, but... Um, 12 of 28, I think that was the most points that he, or sorry, shot attempts that he had uh, by far in that series. But let and me even that go game, back he, attempt, look. he attempted what, two free throws in that entire game? Yeah, he was only one of two from the free throw line. And then he had a 35 piece in game one uh, against Boston, 20, 20, 12 of 25, uh, nine of 10 from the free throw line. Um so it almost seems like, yeah, that that he's kind of waiting where he gets to that crucial point where like later in the series where it's like Miami can take it three games to two lead or their series clinching games. That's that where he kind of does step up. But um, yeah, I mean, again, it may be a combination of an injury. It may be a combination of fatigue for him, um, but there is something there. I'm sure we're going to hear about it after the series over. And I think at 25 and a half. I'm with you on the under, and I 100% agree about the over on his assist. First two games of the series, he's had uh, nine assists in game two and seven assists in game one. Um, any more props, Scott? Uh, besides that, though, I do feel like I kind of have to go back to Vincent points. Okay. He's just been so good in this series, yeah. and when you're looking at Hero coming back and once again who that might impact, I don't think that's going to impact Vincent that much because he's still a very, very good shooter who comes off screens. He can dribble as well, so he does have a lot of dimensions to his offensive game. I like the over on Vincent, though. I thought he was great in game two. And even in game one, I thought he was pretty good compared to the rest of the team. So I like Vincent over. I think I have to go back to Joker points just because if Miami's going to continue trying to shut down everybody else and they're going to keep letting Joker cook... Joker's going to cook. I mean, that's why I thought he'd go for 40 in game two, and he did. 
because mm. I just figured Spolstra's main adjustment was we can't stop this guy. Let's stop everybody else. And that's exactly what happened in game two. Joker's not going to stop shooting because he got a bunch of great looks in the lane. Yeah. And he made a bunch of them. So give me Joker points again. I just think he's going to have to have himself a big scoring game because once again, Miami's going to defend accordingly. And I know Spolstra half called out Ramona Shelby or Shelburne. <laughs> right. And, you know, right. that, is that her name? It's Ramona yeah, Ramona Shelburne. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Shelburne. Yeah. So her and some of the fans, the casual eye fans, so to speak. But yeah, they definitely tried to make Joker a score. I mean, I guess Spolstra didn't want to fully admit it to give away part of the game plan, but it's obvious they tried to make Joker a score. So I don't see anything changing there. I like the Joker over in points. Can I go back to your Gabe Vincent point? I do like him on his points as well, but do you think that the, maybe the better bet is over two and a half threes at even money? Because in games, at least the first what's two the, games. What's the exact point number at? Is that, is that a 12 and a half? 13 and a half at minus 135 on DraftKings right now. And what's the two and a half threes? Even money. I mean, I'd rather take the two and a half threes at even money because if he's going yeah. to score 14, he's going to he's going to hit three. three. Yeah, and that's exactly my point, right? So seven of 14 in game one, five of 10 from three-point land. And then in game two, he was eight of 12 from the floor, four of six from three-point land. So I think that he, he's more than capable of knocking out that mid-range jump shot. But the open looks that Miami Heat shoes are getting right now, especially guys like Gabe Vincent, that I think that I, I'd like the two and a half points, or sorry, two and a half, three points uh, shots made better for Gabe Vincent, but I mean, I can't argue against over 13 and a half because kind of correlated there that if he's going to get over his points projection, he's also going to get over the, the three point mark that is set by the books right now at two and a half. Uh, Lante, what do you got? Player props. Yeah. One of my favorite ones of the, um, of the slate. I mean, you mentioned it earlier. Well, kind of hinted at it earlier. Like Bruce Brown over 10 and a half points. I mean, he ended the game with a plus 14. He was uh, one of only two players, Denver players with a positive plus minus. So I'm interested to see how, you know, Malone adjusts Michael Porter Jr. and uh, Michael Porter Jr., KCP, and um, Brown or Braun, however he pronounces it. I, I never know. Um, so they've underwhelming in both games. So Brown, like I said, it gives him an extra ball handler, shot creator, floor spacer, uh, and he's better on defensive end than Michael Porter Jr. and uh, Christian, Christian Braun also. So I would expect his minutes to stay around, you know, 25 to 27, I think. And when he's given that, you know, that range of, of numbers, then he's over this number in nine of the 10 games. So I'd expect his usage rate to skyrocket and him to go over this number. Uh, also, like KCP over one and a half threes. I think it's a good ballo spot for KCP. Um, he's been getting up and looks. He just can't get, you know, just can't find a rhythm to hit two or four. Uh, he's had one in each of the first two games, but he's over in the last four road games. Uh, and he's over in the uh, over in the last four road games uh, of the postseason. And uh, I think it's I think the looks will be there. He just kind of hope they drop, and I think they'll end up dropping. Uh, he'll gain some more confidence. He plays better, shoots better on the road. So those are the two that I like. Um, interested in some. I'm interested in some Kyle Lowry stuff. I just don't like. I said I'm trying to be selective in, in what I do with the the Heat play like players props until we get an official word on um, like on Hero and his. I guess I don't know if they'll go into detail about how much to play, but I'm kind of waiting on the heat side, but I do like some lottery props. I think he actually needs to play more. Um, some of the things that he does defensively, uh, his shot making has been great. Uh, he's been passing the ball, getting those guys involved. And um, I like him over, I think it's 14 and a half points, rebounds and assists, but just kind of wait it out and see what Tyler Hero does. Um, I like Jamal Murray, 11 and a half rebounds and assists. Probably going to keep betting it into, to the rest, for the rest of the series, he's been smashing. He had 10 plus in um, both games, 10 plus assists in both games, uh, rebounding the ball really, really well. So I think that continues here, uh, especially with blitzing him off that pick and roll. Uh, bam, over rebounds and assists, 30 and a half. Uh, same, same applies. Ball's going to be his hands. He's rebounding the ball really well. Uh, probably having the MVP, finals MVP. Um, He'd be my series. vote. Right yeah, now. for, for Actually, the first two. I, I mean, did, I did bet him at plus seven fifty. Yeah, I got him. At, I got him before the. Um, I got him before game two. I think around like eight to one. So yeah. yeah. Do you so remember, I do you think know what it was before the series started? I think it was like forty to one, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, like 40. damn it, God, I think it was like it had 30, to have been way up there. Yeah, I think it was like 30, Joker, Butler, and Murray, Murray. Were below him. So yeah, yeah. I think Murray was what like 
10 to 1? Yeah, Probably. I mean, there. Denver was a massive favorite in the series. So, Bam right. being at 40, I would have guessed like 30 to 1 if I had to guess. But, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm thinking that um, that Bam, I mean, he, he's been distributing the ball a lot better. He had, he ended up on 13 um, last game, but he blew over it in um, game one. I think much of the same. I mean, he's going to have the ball in his hands more. If you notice, he's been pushing the ball up more. Butler's been more so in the post um, and like playing. He's been playing more in a facilitated role, like Scott mentioned earlier. So I like him over 13 and a half uh, rebounds and assists. Also. Yeah, I like uh, Bam. I mean, we, we talked about that if Jimmy Butler is not going to be effective on the uh, offensive end, that somebody's going to have to step up. And that guy has been Bam, at least over the first two games uh, of the NBA Finals. And I know Delonte went into detail there, but just kind of reading off the numbers, what he's done in the first two games, 26 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, and then 21 points, nine rebounds, four assists. I wish he was a little bit more aggressive because he's had those opportunities where he's dribbling the ball down the floor and he has Jokic in front of him and he just like dribbles to the free throw line, just kind of passes it away. And I wish he would just attack the basket and try to draw some fouls on on the Joker and and get to the free throw line uh, for the Miami Heat. But game one, he had 25 shot attempts. He made 13 of them. And then in game two, um, almost cut in half where he only had 14 field goal attempts, but he still finished up the game with 21 points. But I know my guy Wham is on the over for his PRA points, rebounds and assist at 32 and a half. Love that. Also on the Jamal Murray uh, assist as well. Like uh, Delonte mentioned, he's had 10 assists in each of the first two games of the NBA finals. And, you know, if Miami Heat's game plan is to make Jokic a scorer and, and kind of take the ball out of Jamal Murray's hand, he's probably going to rack up those assists and maybe find Joker for those open, you know, easy shots or even find some of the shooters for the uh, Denver Nuggets, whether it's KCP, whether it is Michael Porter Jr., if he starts knocking them down, um, or even if it is Bruce Brown as well. So six and a half for his assists. I also did like the Jimmy Butler assist as well. Um, for everything that Scott mentioned, I'm not going to regurgitate everything, but those are the ones that I was looking at. And then also I did like uh, Gabe Vincent over two and a half threes made through two and a half, three point shots made uh, for the Miami heat. The one I was also intrigued about kind of want to get your guys thoughts on it is um, just depending on how many minutes Kevin love does play right now. The, the number has kind of gotten away where it's at four and a half at minus minus one seventy five, at least over on DraftKings. But if Kevin love does play another, let's say a 20 minutes, I definitely think that he's going to get over this number, but it's just, again, depends on if he's going to play those amount of minutes because he did start game two uh, with the starting lineup adjustment that Eric Spolcher did make. And that was the most minutes he's played for the Miami Heat since, let's see here. Well, he was a healthy uh, scratch for the end of that Boston series and the beginning of the Denver series. Yeah, so the last time he played 20-plus minutes was all the way back against New York in game four where he did play 23 minutes. So um, that's something I keep an eye on. But do you guys have any thoughts on Kevin Love if he continues to play those minutes, uh, Scott? I think I'd rather take the rebounds if I yeah. had to pick a prop there yeah. because Love, even though he's still roughly seven feet tall, He's barely in the actual lane on offense. He's pretty much a spot-up three-point shooter, and I believe he had six points in game two from two three-pointers. So once again, he didn't even attempt the layup as far as I'm concerned in that game. I think I'd rather take the rebounds. I know that Delonte mentioned before that the main adjustment using him in game two was also for size to guard Aaron Gordon. Right. And we know Gordon can't shoot. So yeah. I do think that Kevin Love is going to be in the lane, helping out on the glass, trying to keep Joker from going crazy on the boards. If I had to pick a Kevin Love prop, it would be rebounds rather than points. Because once again, I think if Love's going to score points, then just take his threes because he's going to have to hit threes to go over the points anyway. So give me the rebounds for Love instead. Yeah, I was looking to ladder it up um, <clears throat> for Kevin Love. But it's, again, it just kind of depends on how many minutes he does play for the Miami Heat. Um Lante, thoughts on uh, Kevin Love? Yeah, I'll just expand on it. I mean, you like points. Scott likes the rebounds. I like I meant rebounds. I'm sorry if I said points. I, I meant his rebounds. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Well, I like all three. I like his points, rebounds, and assists. I think he'll be able to – I mean, his outlet passes are so good that the rebounds could lead to assists. I mean, we saw him lead yeah. to uh, – I think it was a um, a take foul on Joker, on Bam, mm-hmm. at, uh, on the outlet. So yeah. I think his outlets are – full effect and it wasn't even a tank rain. foul it was a, clear, it was a clear path foul which turned out to be pretty important uh later right. on in the game right so yeah man i'm, I'm in lockstep with you guys on that i think that he has a good game uh on both ends i think he has to be implemented in the game just simply 
because the Denver Denver won't be able to go to Aaron Gordon in the post as much, or they'll have to they'll have they won't have to double off on um, Joker as much with Kevin Love in the paint. So um, I agree with that. I'll look to play his uh, threes, like Scott said, because I think that's plus money, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I like Kevin Love a lot for the rest of the series. I thought he was a key player um, in the series, um, and I think he'll continue to be to be that just simply do this size and the way he bounces the ball. Yep. All right, guys, uh, let's get into our lock and dog for game three of the NBA finals. Um, Lante, you want to lead us off? Uh, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll make it simple. I'm going to go my lock. I'm going with Denver Nuggets um, laying the points. Uh, I think there'll be uh, more more energy, more effort. Um, more attention to detail. Uh, I think they'll be able to stop the the heat from well, limit, not stop. I think they'll be able to limit some of the spurts that Miami goes on. Like you mentioned, Munaf, I think that's the big. Uh, I think you hit it on the head. Whereas Miami goes those spurts without scoring, and mm-hmm. I think Denver capitalized on that in certain aspects. They uh, they specifically did it in game one, which is why they ran away with the game. But in game two, we had lapses where they didn't score either. Um, so I think they'll be or inclined to take advantage of those minutes. Um, now, Joker's rested a lot more uh, in the fourth quarter. Now, I know it has a lot to do with how the bench is playing, but I would bring him in a little bit earlier um, just to just to go for the knockout punt. We saw Michael Malone do it in game one. Where usually Joker rests in the fourth quarter. He wanted to go for that knockout punch. I mean, it didn't work out because Miami was uh, hitting those threes early on, but he ended up resting them with around seven minutes to go so, and bringing them back around like the four-minute mark. So, I think he has to take that approach, put Miami away. Uh, I think defensively they'll be a lot better. Uh, and I don't expect um, I don't expect KCP to foul out or miss that many shots. So I like Denver um, in the points here. Um, as for a dog, uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm probably just going to – if you can skip me, I'll just – I'll put together a player prop parlay okay. and, uh, and come back. All right, Scott, you want to give us your locking dog? Yeah, sure. Uh, So my lock, I mentioned it before. It's going to be my favorite prop. I'm going to take Butler over six and a half assists, roughly minus 120, give or take. Simply put, he's had at least seven in each of the first two games. I've mentioned several times on the show, I think he's injured. So I think he's going to keep being a facilitator because he really can't get to the lane for free throws that much anymore. So I see him getting the role players involved again from the three-point line. Bam as a roller to the rim, I think, might have some success as well. He already has had success in the first two games. He had that and one poster dunk on Porter Jr., for example. But I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler over six and a half assists. I think he's in line for a good facilitating game. And your dog? Yeah, my dog for this one, it's going to be a baby dog, but I still like it. I'm going to go with Gabe Vincent over two and a half threes at plus 106. Simply put, he's been really, really stellar in this series, and we saw how good he was in game two. After Strews went nuclear in the first quarter, Vincent kind of carried them the final three quarters from the three-point line, and Robinson for a burst there in the fourth quarter. But Vincent, I really like as a player. I just think that he's a very solid three-point shooter who Mm -hmm. knows exactly how to come off screens, knows how to create separation, and he can also dribble. So he can also potentially be a ball handler in pick-and-roll sets. Give me Vincent over two and a half threes at plus 106. All right. Uh, all right. For my lock, I'm going to take the under in the game under 214. Uh, shop around. There are some 214 and a half still out there. But um, again, I just think that if a lot of it, a lot of it is predicated on if Denver is going to be playing with pace. And it seems like that Eric Spolstra is making adjustments in games to kind of combat that and slow Denver down. Um, we see spurts of it from Denver, but I think that Miami's doing a good job defensively, uh, whether those are in-game adjustments or just getting back on defense and trying to slow down this Denver Nuggets offense. Um, I think Miami as well. You talk about Jimmy Butler being compromised or with an injury or if it's fatigue, whatever the case might be, that if they do have a bad shooting night, that they won't be able to put up as many points as they did in game two at 111. And again, I was on the over in game two, and that was like pulling out teeth, trying to get that over. And Miami has those droughts like we talked about, whether it's the start of the second quarter or into the first quarter, where if it's not Jimmy Butler on the floor, um, it, it gets very difficult for them to score points. So 
Um, I like the under here. We I think we all all like the under. So I know Scott, you're still waiting for the ref report. So I know Lante, you <clears throat> do like the under as well. So under two fourteen for me in game three as my lock. For my dog, I did put together a same game parlay. So get your pens and papers out. It is going to be plus 425. I'm going to go with uh, Bam, 30-plus points, rebounds, and assist. Jamal Murray, over six-and-a-half assists. And then Aaron Gordon to record at least one block shot. And that will get you plus tw- uh, plus 425. So Bam, PRA, 30-plus. Jamal Murray, over six-and-a-half assists. And Aaron Gordon, at least one block, gets you plus 425 as my dog uh latte did you get your uh yeah. dog ready yeah yeah did. all right everybody keep your pencils out because i got a player prop uh parlay. so we're gonna go with um Bruce brown for 10 plus points we're gonna go with Caldwell, um kcp to uh make two plus threes and uh michael porter jr to make two plus threes and one more will be Jamal Murray over six uh, or six plus assists I'm sorry and that roughly pays out um let's see that plays out plus 420 so you can get plus 420 on that uh, I like it a lot I like all four guys I think they have room to to make a lot of jump shots and you touched on the Murray assist I've been on his rebounds and assists all game I mean all series long so I think that'll be no problem for him uh, especially with how Miami's defending him. So I like that a lot. I like the player prop a lot. They play a part part a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely uh, agree with that. Again, I, I, there has to be a Michael Porter Jr. bounce back game at, at some yep. point for the Denver Nuggets. And again, I think we uh, talked about at the beginning of the series that it's really going to be on Michael Porter Jr. as one of the main uh, X factors or key factors that if Denver is going to win this title uh Scott you are getting called out by one of our fanboys in the chat uh <laughs> I think you mean saying, co- I think you mean co-host but yeah uh <laughs> yeah, I, sure. I don't mind the Vincent <laughs> over uh for the threes as well for the alternative line I see four plus at plus 290 he only attempted six threes in game two but he made four of them and he yeah. went five of ten in game one so yeah, you have no argument for me. I think Vincent's got a shot for twenty points in this game. So yeah, maybe if you feel better about taking the points instead of the four plus threes, you can. But I'm still going to take the four plus threes at plus two ninety as well. So it's kind of like a baby ladder in a way. But four plus threes at two ninety for a guy that's made at least four in each of the first two games in the series does feel like a pretty good deal. I'll take the Vincent four plus threes as well. All right, uh, that will do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Um, Lante, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here, buddy? Nope, you're on mute. There you go. Nope, nope, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, good luck, everybody. Hope everybody uh, catches some tickets unless you're against me. <laughs> Scott, anything else? Uh, No, not really. Just looking forward to game three and hopefully make some money. Uh, uh, definitely hopefully we can all make some money put some money in your guys pockets uh game three on wednesday definitely enjoy it uh the guys will be back later in the week for game four and i'll recap game three as well um getting closer and closer to the end of uh nba basketball so uh, uh drop a, a shed a tear every time uh one game does get completed here in the nba finals but we're gonna have a lot of off-season coverage uh, for the NBA. Uh, we'll talk about you know free agency, summer league. Uh, we'll talk about some draft stuff, and we'll recap uh, uh, divisions um, at the end of the season. So we won't be daily, but we'll go at least two to three times a week at least uh, for the NBA, and then hopefully gearing up right before we know it, the new season will be started. Uh, all right, guys, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Ba-da-ba-da-da!